Hi, I'm Bob. Welcome to Man Cave. We got some hot topics um, this past, like, few weeks, and even today, um, that's happening in our world, in our society, in, in the U.S. alone, and our presence. So um, I guess we would start off, like, this this podcast, this episode of Man Cave, we're just going to hit, like, a lot of hot topics. Oh. But, so today, like, I was listening to a podcast while I was finishing up work, and it's actually um, out of Wilmington. It's three ladies, and it's called Just Think, the podcast. And just what? Just Think. Just Think. Yep. It's just trying to provoke thought, like, they uh, felt like in this society now, um, people are not provoked to thought anymore. They just go oh, alone. That's exact. You know what? You're one hundred percent correct. They cannot think for themselves. They literally choose one side of the aisle or the other, and that's where they go. And that's the problem with where we are. I mean, that'll go transition easily into what what you were telling me you want to talk about earlier. But I mean, it's just crazy how. That's exactly it. Yeah. So it's just okay. So you want to sorry if you hear background noise. I, I figured I'd make me a, a little bit of coffee while we're doing this, just to have something to sip on and make me feel refined and smart. Are you gonna you gonna have coffee with the girls? You know, yeah, I'm gonna have co- I'm gonna have coffee with the girl, the girl, <laughs> the girl. <laughs> so, um, Afghanistan. That just seems like before we go into like any COVID stuff. Let's talk about Afghanistan. Yeah. And you know what? It's an easy transition from what we were, you know, talking about everybody staying on, you know, everybody's, they don't think anymore. It's funny how with what's going on in Afghanistan, you know, I'll let you talk about, you know, kind of in case people don't know, you've been living under a rock. Um, I'll let you kind of explain the things. But it's funny how with everything going on, how literally one side of the aisle is saying one thing, and one side of the aisle is saying another thing, and it's it's like we're just ignoring common sense and rationale here. Yeah, like for me, I'm I'm trying to figure out why are there sides of the aisle? Like it, there's, there's not, there, and that's the that's the pathetic thing. Now I did see something to deviate, just just a small deviation. Um, I did see something where somebody did say, you know, because back in the early 2000s, we were all fine with everybody, you know, going into Afghanistan and, you know, basically starting a war there. And then all of a sudden, you know, now that this has happened, there has been people come out saying, so you were wanting to pray for Afghanistan now, but yet you weren't, you were okay with all this for you. And, and, you know, that is thought-provoking to me, that if you think about it, we did go into this war Okay with it. Now there was a different premise at the time because we yeah. were, you know, all the way even nine eleven twenty years ago. Yeah. We were all, you know, I mean, I'm thirty. You're what? That well, you know I have to answer that. <laughs> I don't mind. I'm thirty five. That's what I'm saying. You, you're, you, you, we've been on this earth long enough to where we've experienced nine eleven, and it's somewhat of a distant past for us. But we were there. Now, and I know, I know you've done. I don't know if you want to, you know, ever plug your what you're oh, doing yeah. if you want to keep it a secret, but um, yeah, I mean that's fine. I had I already put the trailer out that 
where was I? We're going to do that like testimonial yeah. documentary of where of people 9/11. were on nine eleven. Yeah. Yeah. And, and but that's something that was very fresh with us. You know, I mean, still to this day, even though I don't remember everything about nine eleven, it still invokes a, a sense of patriotism or or an emotion of some kind with Americans that were there that saw it. Yeah. I don't. You know, I feel a sense of tragedy when you talk about Pearl Harbor and stuff like that. There's not a direct link to it. And obviously, that was a long time ago. But, you know, with 9-11, there is a sense of something. So when the war, you know, in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan started, you kind of, I guess in a way, you, you had a, uh, what do you call it, kind of a, a sense of like what happened over there just happened. You were doing it for a just cause and all that. And so we kind of ignored ignored the Afghan people, ignored the innocents. You know, we ignored the war, basically. Because war, war is war. That's the way most people feel. Um, so fast forward to what's going on today, it was a very thought-provoking thing as somebody said that. But, you know, even though that was said, you know, where was this? It, it, it still doesn't negate the fact that it's prevalent. We see it. Right, going on, and yes, I understand that I may not have said that two, three, four, six, seven months ago to two years ago. I see it today. I see Mm -hmm. it right now. You know, now the problem is maybe people are using it for a political side, but there's people that are not that are their eyes are open to it for the first time, and they're going, "Oh my God, why? What was going on?" You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, like for me, basically. With the whole Afghanistan thing, this is the question that I posed after I went, because um, you're more into the hot topics and everything uh, than I am. I only, like, am informed if I see something talked about so much on Facebook that you can't ignore it or, like, Apple News pops up on my phone, but I don't watch news, so I don't keep myself um, informed uh, unless I have to, unless it's right there in front of my face. Only because, like, it does sometimes. You have sometimes to go need a break it. from it. Yeah, yeah, you just need a break. It's not that. Yeah, I'm, 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 we have an oversaturated market of news, and that's a topic for another day. Yeah, you but know. it's it's just for me when I yeah. went to go look it up. I went to what what you would call what a liberal source, one of the more major media outlets, MSNBC, and I went to their YouTube to see, okay. You didn't go to one of the more liberal sources. You went to the more liberal sources. <laughs> the, the, the top number one yeah. I went and watched. And then what I saw was just if it was, like, blowing up all over the place and people talking about on Facebook, why was there on, like, four- or five-minute clips or even shorter of people of, like, the chaos. It was just, it's chaotic. The Taliban has come in and it's chaotic. But there was, like, for me, I was, I was like, okay, so what, why has the Taliban come in? Um, what is going on? And then, so I switched over to the Daily Wire, which the video is a little bit more longer, about 15 to 20 minutes, breaking down everything going into, like, the president has left, the Taliban has come back in, uh, and just different things. And that made me come to the conclusion while people are fighting back and forth. I'm like, but do not people not realize everything that Obama finished, which was a part of his administration and a president that, you know, a lot of the right does not like, but we have to admit he finished off Osama bin Laden because that was under his administration. So everything he accomplished was undone by Biden. 
Oh, yeah. And, and so it's like, but you can't even look at it that way because now it's just right and left. But I'm like, this this is a president's legacy, actually. Oh, um, and you know what's funny is Trump had a, a peace treaty with the Taliban, and they yeah. started to throw that up, and they don't realize that was slightly di- a different – I don't know. I'm not even going to pretend to know the whole instance, but my understanding was it was a peace treaty to get them to basically a ceasefire. Um or something in that regard, and people try to throw that up in the face, you know, of Trump. Basically, they found something on Trump. Again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't stand on any political side. I am more, you obviously, if you watch any videos, I am more conservative than not. Um, but I, you know, I'm open-minded to any politician as long as they are real with us. Um, so I don't want to act like I'm completely 100% behind Trump. But I can say this: Trump didn't do anything. This wasn't this wasn't a Trump. You can't because it, it's sad. Number one, these are two topics right here, in, two separate topics. Uh-huh. Uh, we immediately go political, which is what you were talking about. For is as soon as Biden's, uh, as soon as this terrible thing happened, and, and you know everything was undone with with what Biden's done, we immediately had to find something about Trump. Right. You know what I mean? And it it it's just funny to me and sad to me at the exact same time because. There's so many. The news used to be the news. It used to be Walter Cronkite coming on or someone and telling you what. And it's not that it wasn't biased. It probably was, but it felt less biased at the time. That you know, this is so and so with the evening news tonight. Something erupted in Afghanistan. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you would you would hear this and you would see and basically your opinion would be you know it, now it's like. Thanks to Trump, you know, Biden's released the Messiah out in Afghanistan, but they rejected him. Or, you know, the conservatives are like, Biden is the devil, and he killed everybody. And I, I mean, it's immediately like that. And, you know, it's sad that we can't even look at the topic and, and, and touch the topic. And, you know, I mean, that's immediately where we go. Now, I'm not saying what you said, but I, it's just funny to me that immediately, as soon as whatever happens, they start talking about Biden, and we can't just judge one administration right now and look at this, just like you said, that the NBC was trying to say, you know, this, that, or the other, we immediately, they immediately have to find something on Trump for the past administration. Right, like this is his fault. Like, what, who, when does the Taliban get the, the blame? Like, <laughs> I'm sitting here like, they're the ones who came in over in the country. They're the ones yeah. that people are, you know, when um, when Obama and all all that happened with Osama bin Laden and hit, killing him and and like cutting off the head basically, so they pretty much lost their power. It's not saying that like because I was having a conversation with my dad saying, you know, he got rid of the Taliban. Not saying that they well, were no I, longer it, they were no longer he got rid of. You got to remember, Osama bin Laden had nothing to do with the Taliban. Osama bin Laden was Al Qaeda. He was the leader well, of Al Qaeda. Well, they have the um, thing on there that he was a leader. Well, he, they're, they're all the same. They're yeah. all the same thing. But you got to remember, the people that bombed the towers was their uh, terrorist group was Al Qaeda. Right now, listen, uh, Osama bin Laden was part of the Taliban because the Taliban and the Mujahideen um, in Afghanistan that originally were fighting the Russians when the Russians came over and tried to take over Afghanistan. 
And so the Americans, Ronald Reagan was the the president behind that, actually yeah. armed them. You know all this. Um, so, but he no, no, but go ahead. You, you should talk about that because a lot of people don't know. They don't know about, you know, um, a lot of well, things like Ronald Reagan. In the or, 80s, yeah. yeah, the Iraq War basically was led – I don't know if it had a direct effect because I don't know all of it, but I do know brief history. Basically, the Mujahideen were fighting the Russians because uh, the Russians were trying to take over Afghanistan. Communism versus uh, uh, capitalism, America versus Russia was big at the time, the Cold War, all that. So we were arming the uh, the Mujahideen, which was the rebels at the time, to fight back with the Russians. Well, needless to say, Osama was – I believe he was a younger man at the time, but over the period of time, because of the money and everything that we funded towards him, was able to build – Essentially, the terrorist organization, that's what led to uh, the formation of al-Qaeda, I believe the Taliban. I believe he became prominent in the Taliban. Then he you know, – listen, they're all – you can find connections with the Taliban, al-Qaeda, all of them together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're all literally they, – they, one will die. One name will die, and another will come. You know what I mean? But yeah. they're all connected. You, you can find connections. In each one of them, if they're not the same group, just re- reformed, you know. It's, yeah, exactly. It's like what happened with ISIS. So yeah, absolutely. When you cut off the head. You cut off the head of one organization, and then another one comes ag- back up. Absolutely, and so that's where I, you know, uh, Osama bin Laden comes. Now, Osama bin Laden was killed uh, by uh, Obama. Osama was killed by Obama. Um, I bet you can't say that thing that fast. So I cannot. <laughs> No, you really can't. I'm telling you about that anyway. Um, so, but that was Al Qaeda. Now, ta- the Taliban was the original. I mean, I won't say the original, but that was one of the very first like prominent groups of the last 20th century of uh, terrorist organizations. And they claimed some, but Al Qaeda was the one that claimed uh, the attack on 9/11. Yeah. So, you know, the Taliban is mainly for, and so they kind of went into hiding for a little while, and that's where. What's the big scary part is like basically the, Tal- the Taliban's always been here. The Tal- we fought the Taliban. We still been fighting the Taliban. The Taliban's been fighting. It's one of the oldest groups. That's why it's so connected. It's you know we think terrorists. We think a bunch of farmers and and this and that. And they're running around with guns that we gave them. They're not you know well uh, connected, well uh, put together. You know that's not true. You know that's what's happened when you like I said they're all one group. They formed another group. Like you said, cut off the head. Another head form. This is a well-connected interweb of groups. Yeah, it, they're kind of like the LGBTQ or the Democrat Party. Yeah, we could go with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> that's, wow. <laughs> I mean, I was just talking did about we just like, the Democrats terrorists. Is that what we just did? Well, yeah, I mean, they're that's terrorists. a broad stroke, but I'm not gonna go. I, you know what? <laughs> Well, they're terrorists against the, um, the Constitution of the United States of America. You cannot find anything that they stand on that <laughs> that reflects the Constitution. Wow, Bob Ross over here with the big strokes. <laughs> like, Whoo. Your mom well, will be I'm happy with that paint job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to paint some happy trees right here, right here, right beside this M. M1 Arab and these these, these uh, missile launchers right here. That's how we're going to do it, right here in Afghanistan. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. Um, so yeah, I mean that was that's basically how it how it kind of forms. And so you know this group, even though we kind of buried them, they never went nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like a snake. 
uh, you know, you, you always think, like, you may have ran over a snake and killed it. Most of the time you do. But a lot of times you may put a snake – a snake can press its body almost flat mm-hmm. and squeeze into certain areas, especially certain snakes. And that's kind of funny to me. It's almost like we run them over and we run them over and we try to kill them. Don't get me wrong. You kill some of them. But most of them, they just flatten themselves out, wait for you to pass, and then move right along. And that's kind of what the, ta- the Taliban has been able to survive it. And so that's the scary part about what's going on is, is number one, Biden pulled everybody out. Now, the disastrous, um, would we say evacuation or what? how will we – what is it called, the proper – uh, term for pulling all of our troops out. The extraction, extraction of the yeah. yeah. Okay, so for the extraction of the American troops, the thing that's going on is most people, even the liberal media, has looked at it, you know, especially with the poll from that CNBC I was telling about earlier, you know, the CNBC article that was basically said that, you know, a, a CNBC reporter had to let the white staff staffers know to let President Biden look at his approval rating because apparently he has not seen the polls of how bad he's at like 20%, 26% approval rating uh, of how he's handling the Afghanistan uh, situation or, or extraction versus 70, 74% disapproval rating. Wow. And that was a, yeah, that was an MSNBC poll. And this is the first time he's ever had an MSNBC poll. This is their poll. We're not talking, I've seen a Reuters poll, I've seen a Rasputin poll. Literally, the man's like at 46% approval rating versus like 54% disapproval rating. Um, and even worse than that, when he was at 58% approval rating in June of like a, a Reuters uh, poll. And these are the, the polls that they used to do the um, the election. Um, but he apparently has not known or seen how bad his approval rating is right now. And, you know, with the extra- with the extraction, the big thing that everybody is, is – horrified over is the fact that, you know, obviously there's Americans left. It's just a completely botched extraction. Like, from head to toe, it it just looked like Biden walked out and looked at some military guys one day while he was playing golf at Camp David. Like, hey, get them out of there. Didn't tell nobody. Didn't tell nobody. You've got like fifteen to 20,000 Americans, I believe, if not more, that have not been uh, evacuated from the country of Afghanistan. We've got 5,000 troops over there right now that are, you know, I watched the thing from a few military outposts, and they were literally talking about how, you know, we don't see the violence. I mean, there's crowds literally falling off of planes right now because they're trying to get out. These C-130s or whatever, you know, the, the planes that are being pulled out that basically are the ones that, you know, transport our military and our cargo. Uh-huh. Number one, they're transporting like 800 people at a time. Yeah. And then number two, there's people climbing on the planes that are falling off. They would rather climb on a plane and take a chance of flying in the air than be under rule of the Taliban. Uh, Right, right. right. Okay, for instance, when your president ups and leaves, that right there is a huge message that if the world can't even see – I'm not even saying the world. If the United States of America can't even see that – that their president left. Yeah. Well, how about this? How about the generals just turning over everything? We, they got $80 billion worth of arms that was given to them by America. That was literally just turned over. There was no fight. The Taliban took over. And there's so many things you could say about this. Number one, were they embedded with the military? Did the military just not want to fight? Was the military not trained? Which, you know, our military tried to do the best. But if you ever watch any of the videos, it's almost 
embarrassingly funny how bad they are at trying to be trained to be military, you know, to be soldiers over there. From from our and our military is one of the best trained, if not the best trained military there is. So you're sending people over there to train these people. You're sending the best of the best to train these people to become a competent fighting force. And we've had over 20 years of doing this. There should have been a competent military. Okay. Right. They literally took over without shooting a single shot. Which means to me, like, uh, and they were embedded. The, the yeah. start, they're, it's so corrupt over there that literally the Taliban, as soon as America pulled out of all the government situations and everything, and it's, what's funny is that the Taliban knows what's going on. They know the Biden administration. They know our government. They don't have to push it out. Usually like, you would see like them rushing the embassy and trying to burn down the embassy. They don't care. They're like, yeah, leave Americans alone. Listen, we got, we'll give you free passage, but go on now. You know what I mean? They're not fighting with us. They're giving us passage. And now it's horrible what they're doing to the Amer- – but they literally the Taliban is just sitting there like, yeah, it's cool. Go on. You know, like just get out. It's almost like you got a guy living in your house that you don't want there. And, like, and he's trying to fight with you and all that. And get up, but as, as long as he's getting out, you're just throwing the stuff in the yard. You know, like he might be insulting your wife and doing all this. But you're like, dude, as long as you get out, I don't care. <laughs> you know? He's just throwing his crap out, and as soon as he's staring by the door, saying, oh, yeah, 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 you're like, all right. That's what the Taliban's doing to us right now. Yeah. They're, they're, they they don't care. America can say what they want. America's getting the bleep out. Yeah, so, they, I, I guess they see the weak leadership. There's no leadership. Uh, so, they don't fear. They don't fear. And, you know, it's the same way. If you go back to when Ronald Reagan first took out, and I'm not saying good or bad about Ronald Reagan. I like the guy. But the more and more you look at Reagan's politics, there's a lot of holes in his politics. And Reagan is one of those, like, revered Republican presidents. And he was, you know, for all intents and purposes, a great president. But there's so many holes in Reagan politics. It's it's insane. I think um, the, re- the reason why, though, is that he is, like, kind of like a Donald Trump. He yeah, is. He is. A, 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 he like, is a more elegant Donald Trump. Uh, but obviously, you know, there's, there's you know. And, and you know what? It's funny you say that because Donald Trump. Not to deviate too much, but Donald Trump has a history of racism that they say, you know, kind of prevalent. And I'm not saying he does or doesn't. But, you know, you look back, there was a lot of racism enveloped into the Reagan administration, too. You know, now I'm not saying – I'm not even calling President Reagan racist. I'm just saying, like, you look back and you look at him funding, uh, you know, well-documented that he was bringing in cocaine to fight the Contras, which is all kind of what was going on fighting the Contras in Nicaragua. To overthrow that government, same thing that they were doing in Afghanistan, which is almost at the same time. Actually, it is at the same time. You know, it was flooding cocaine into the LA streets, which that led to the crack epidemic. Well, then and, all of, you know. And see, look, see, things like that for me, though, and when we talk about racism and things like that, I, I know that it's like a system that's set up. However, I, I am because. Yeah. Well, where I stand, but because I'm like this. It's more of not racism for me. It's more elite. Um, the elite. Oh, absolutely. I'm just saying uh, that yeah. you know, both presidents. You, it's funny how you you can compare them. And yes, it, it. You know, Donald Trump has had this history of this and that, uh, at least from the media standpoint. And Reagan has too. Reagan is held to a lot higher regard. Uh-huh. And what I was getting back to is Reagan has some flaws in his his presidency that you can say. Is is almost somewhat parallel to Donald Trump, but that's not what I was trying to get at. What I was trying to get at was basically, you know, there was things that Reagan did at the time that was 
exactly the same way. But, you know, like we were saying, they don't fear Biden. They didn't fear Jimmy Carter. If, no. you, remember, if you remember the terrorist thing that literally happened, that was like 40 American – I forget what it was. I think they were inspectors or whatever. They went over there, and they kidnapped him, and they uh, held him for hostage. Well, Jimmy Carter, it was a big terrorist organization, terrorist – or sorry, big hostage situation, all that. Reagan got in. It was literally – and I'm talking about this as a history book. This is not like some media – the history book has it down. Reagan wasn't in office like 10 days, and they were back in American soil. That's yeah. How, that's how different it was because they feared Reagan. They feared what the Republican president – and I'm very much – I don't think you would have seen the Taliban come over here. I don't think you would have seen that. They don't fear the Biden administration. They feared the Trump administration. They fear a Republican administration, and it's, it it comes to the point of probably they're more pro-war than, than Democratic organizations. I don't, and you say what you want about Republicans versus Democrats, but at this point in time, that's the problem that we're having right now. They don't fear a Democrat. Nobody fears a Democrat. I mean, I, they might have feared Obama, you know, or maybe not feared him, but you know, Obama had more military gusto, I would say, than Biden has ever had so far. Yeah, um, and I'm not. But, and, and you would think that Biden would have a little bit more military guts being the vice president of, mm-hmm. of Barack Obama. That's what I'm saying. And see, Barack, and even Obama wasn't feared. But you know, there's enough that you can say, like the killing of Osama bin Laden and a few other things. I honestly feel like had Hillary won, Hillary's got more balls than Biden ever had. You know, like oh yeah, yeah. I'm not saying good or bad, but I think right now if Hillary was up there, we wouldn't be having this situation in terms of. And we might, yeah. Guess but we we would have, but we would have been sold to China instantly with with Hillary Clinton. Yeah, like, oh, well, I mean, Biden's selling us to China too. That's that's a different. I'm just yeah. saying with, with what's going on with the Taliban and the reason why the Taliban is taking over Afghanistan basically comes down to our democratic presidency and our democratically ran government has pretty much botched an entire extraction of the troops, to the, and the, the Taliban doesn't fear them, so they don't wait. They didn't wait for, you know, any other uh, terrorist group. Had it been a Republican-ran government, they would have waited. They would have waited for it, of course, and there probably would have been a better extraction. I'm not saying that something wouldn't have been botched. I'm not saying, you know, the news wouldn't read after three months. Uh, of us being out of there that they completely ran over Afghanistan. Afghanistan is under Taliban rule, and they're murdering people, girls, and in the street. But they're literally killing Afghan interpreters right now, and there's still troops over there. And and you know what? And um, I'm reading right now as you're talking, because I want to pull up ISIS, too, because having this talk about, you know, cutting off the head, because – um, they they lost their power. Not saying like you know, like I was saying you earlier. Did you hear from ISIS, ISIS any time during the Trump presidency? Well, because he uh, cut off um the head of uh, he killed the leader, and so they lost yeah. they lost their power. But right here it says that ISIS threatened uh, issues a threat like already so to um to Americans in Afghanistan. So now they found like their way in. Because of our weak military presence and the weakness of our leadership, not showing, you know, um, not showing strength. I think that's like for me, strength, strength about um, and, and patriotism too. Like those, those are like um, important things um, for a nation to show. And when you're not showing those things, here comes the, another snake. So we have that's exactly right. 
and ISIS now like, okay, now we see a way back in. We have uh, built ourselves back up too. Now we're going to issue threats to Americans over. Oh, yep. You know, Teddy Roosevelt, which is actually my favorite president, if you go back and watch, he's he's a man's man. He's all this and that. He, he's yeah. literally the embodiment of what what you would want at, in terms of a manly man. You know what uh-huh. I mean? I mean, the man during his – I don't know if it was during his presidency or post-presidency, but, I mean, he had something called the Rough Riders, for Christ's sake, that was riding around – basically was the, the early embodiment of the U.S. Marshals. Uh-huh. Um, he wrestled sumo wrestlers. This is documented. Re- wrestled sumo wrestlers because he was infatuating with, uh, with Greek and Roman wrestling in the White House, in the Oval Office. I mean, the man was a man's man. And so if you're wondering what I'm going to get at with this, is basically he had a policy, and it had something to do yeah. with the Panama Canal. And we weren't the strongest military at the time. But we became the strongest military under his rule and under several other things because the policy that he had to walk quietly but carry a big stick. Yeah. Yeah. Basically saying, you don't mess with people, but people know not to mess with you. You right, know, exactly, exactly. That's we don't have that policy or that mentality anymore, but we have, you know, one of the biggest things that I will say about Trump, his military, I cannot, now there were some things that he's done in terms of military that even I would have disagreed with, and I'm not a military person, but I've seen military, and I respect a lot of uh, uh, people that are embedded in the military and conservative people, and there's been some things over the four years that they were like, eh. But for the most part, Trump did one thing right. He put a lot of money into defense and military funding. And when you do that and you exercise our military and you make our military strong, you tell the rest of the world basically like it's like standing outside with a shotgun. You know, people are, are you know, there might be somebody casing your house and people might look at you like crazy and you ain't doing nothing. But yeah. you know dang well not to go in that guy's house. Yeah. That guy has a shotgun. And that guy's not afraid to sit on his front porch with it. Like a lot of warnings, like the no trespassing signs and stuff, beware mm-hmm. of dogs. You know, you have those warnings before you Ab- go off into the Absolutely. You, you pretty much see that America is ready to mess you up if you do this or that. And so you don't mess with America. And America has kind of a – and, you know, I see people say, you know, America shouldn't be the world's police. Well, we've kind of signed ourselves into the NATO – treaties and a few other treaties that, yes, we have become the world's police, and there's other countries that are part of it as well. So for everybody that says we shouldn't be over there and we shouldn't do that, yeah, there's a few reasons why we probably shouldn't be over there, but this is one of those reasons why we should. Right, because look at all the citizens now, and this is Absolutely. something that I really get and see, well, this it is, gets on my nerves. Like, people are talking about, you should let the refugees in. Like, what about people who just want to stay in their country, though? Like, why, why does their government have to overrun their lives? The reason so, why Germany has never had a problem, number one, Germany's in Europe, so you, there's a thousand reasons because of that. Uh, but one of the biggest reasons why Germany never rose up, you know, outside of inflation and stuff like that, they divided Germany and put a military base in Germany, and we still operate out of that military base. And it's like it's a it's one of the biggest military bases we have still. And so, know, because you know what, if you what you say, like we were just talking about having the big, you have the shotgun. And see, the thing is, the United States of America has proven to the world we will use our shotgun. Yeah. Now, and that, now that's like, the thing. Yeah, now they're like, well, Biden, he don't even know how to work the shotgun. He'll shoot himself so we can do whatever the heck we want, and that's what's going on. How we went over there and did something different or even put a military base, and I'm not saying we don't have 
military outpost there. But have we decided, you know what, we are putting a permanent military base in Afghanistan. We're stationing fifty to 100,000 troops over there like we do in, in – uh, I don't know if it's that big. But, you know, we have a big military base in Germany. Have we done that? This would never happen. Yeah. So you know what? You know what's the best thing about this right now? There still is an opportunity for us to go over there, establish something different, do it differently. But we can literally bring our military in, sweep the Taliban. I saw a tweet from Tim Kennedy, who was an MMA fighter. He's also, I think he's a Green Beret or he's a Ranger or maybe even a SEAL. He's a very, he's in the special operations of the military. So he's a pretty bad dude. He made a tweet and said, once the Taliban went over and called, he said, you know, I mean, I hate to say this with everything going bad, but I happen to know where all the leaders of the Taliban is right now. Yeah. He literally put that out. He's like, I mean, and see, to me. They're at the White House. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, but yeah, you're right. They're probably over there with Biden. But, I mean, they're sitting right there in Kabul right now. Literally, mm-hmm. this is the problem. You, you could take over Afghanistan completely right now, put it under American military presence, put it under a NATO regime, do exactly what they did with Germany. Um, break it up, put it in, and then establish a permanent base. You will never have this problem again, and you would wipe out Al-Qaeda and Taliban at least that quick. Right, so, yeah, and so the poor job that they're doing, and you talk about approval rates and everything like that, the bomber. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a distraction. So with everything going on, yeah, what I told you, so the, the bomber, in case people don't know, okay, so there was a, now it wasn't, an actual bomb, according to various reports, there was either he didn't have a bomb or there wasn't something that was actually a bomb or whatever it was. But the guy's name was Ray – was it – well, you check it. Make sure I don't say it right. Was it Ray Roseberry? Yeah. Boy, Ray, Ray Roseberry. Yeah, I, I fact-checked you on the uh, Associated Press, okay. another liberal source, and you, yeah. what you were telling me was correct. So. Yeah. There was a bomb at the, or there was a guy that claimed he had a bomb that went up to the Library of Congress last week, I think around Wednesday or Thursday, around lunchtime. And it, it was right in the heart of where all this was going on. And immediately before, and I, you know, what this is watching not only from independent news resorts, news reports, but also live feeds from people's phones and stuff like that, watching the actual thing go down. The man was claiming he wasn't, you know, he wanted to get out of there. He wasn't trying to do this to the cops and the other, and then you can refute that and all that. But it was a bomber that immediately before anything, if anything even was, the guy was captured and questioned. They were already immediately trying to tie him to Trump, to the insurrectionists, to all this, to the point where it was almost like they were trying to throw up a smoke screen of what was going on in Afghanistan. So it, and like and unfortunately for us, the guy is from North Carolina, but yeah. he has he said no ties um, to being a Trump supporter, right? Well, from my understanding, no. Now they you probably listen before it 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 didn't become a big story, and it's going to go away. So yeah, it didn't like it, it did not come across my radar whatsoever. That's what I'm saying. It, I literally put it on Facebook live bomb, and people questioned me what, and I never got any responses, never hit anything. Because you know what that tells me? Now they might be able to find something, but there is nothing. And so it's one of those stories that was a failed smoke screen, in my opinion. 
You know, it could have been a real thing. It could have been an independent threat. It could have been nothing that happened to do with the presidency. But you'll never convince me of that just because of what was going on at the time. You know, I mean, with with the horrible ha- handling. You know, it, it, you know what? Let me stop right here, and I mm-hmm. think you will agree with this. First and foremost, it it is horrible to see what's going on in Afghanistan towards the people that live in Afghanistan, the women, the children, the LGBT community. You know, however you feel about homosexuality in terms of Christianity and all that, that aside, they're still humans. They're still people that deserve to live and breathe and 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 live peacefully. Yeah. So, so to be attacked under this Taliban and this Islam, you know, I saw two things. Number one, I saw a CNN report. This is an actual report. You can feel free to type it in. It said immediately after this was being botched last week, Taliban reports that it has Changed and it has become more tolerant Taliban to that effect of what the, the article was basically saying they were not the same Taliban they were more um, a, a more tolerant Taliban a more peaceful Taliban and then the second report was that the Taliban will allow women to have more rights under uh, traditional Islamic uh, guidelines. Yeah, they reported um, the fact that they. Close down hair salons and stuff like that owned by women. Well, here's and the thing. nail salons. That was like one Sharia of the first things they did. Sharia law and the Muslim laws yeah. is exactly what they're doing. Women have no rights under that. So what yeah. they're basically saying is, yeah, we'll give them rights under our classic Islamic law. And they're like, wait a second, we have no rights. And they're like, shut up. Shut up. You know what I mean? Like if somebody <laughs> shared a video today. It was David Harris Jr. But it was retweeted by uh, uh, Tim Kennedy. And actually, Nick Kalama, Kamala, I, I can never say his name. I need to let you know about him because he's he's actually a local guy. He lives in a topsoil beach, um, and he's a was a Marine Raider. Now he does a bunch of other things, but he he does post a lot of political posts. And he was he's well in, in they well involved in the military lifestyle. He was like I said, he was a Marine Raider, so he knows what's going on in the world, and specifically in, in the military today. And even he posted this video of this woman getting beat right there, and probably a hundred people watching. Okay, yeah, he has a long last name, but I see, yeah, I see Kam- where he is. I, his name is like Nick Camelotta or something like that, but I always can never say <laughs> it. It looks like mitosis, and um... yeah, he's Greek. <laughs> he's Greek, and like I said, he's from here, and I wish I knew the guy. Um, and there was a long time ago when I, I started following him back when he had like ten or twelve thousand followers. Even when I worked up, because we were working right around, he used to own a gym in Topsail Island. And, like, part of me, because when I first followed him on Instagram, not to, like, give him an, un, you know, but I was like, man, I really want to get to know this guy. Like, I want to be, and I never did. I never went in there, never said anything. And now looking back, I, I wish I kind of would have talked to him. Now, you know, if you comment on Instagram, you said something funny, he always talks to people. But I think he's got, like, 300,000 followers now or something like that. And, I, like I said, I clicked on him when he had, like, 12. And, like, you, you know, I should have got to know him because he's, uh, everything he puts out is really good. And he also he also does fitness stuff and all that. Yeah, look at it right now. Yeah, it looks like he has. Well, according here, it looks like he has ninety six thousand followers. Oh, I thought he had. A, I thought he had a lot more. Um, Maybe on Twitter. He probably lost some. Because, like I said, he has been. Um, how should I say? He has been. Uh, Putting a lot of lot of stuff, and he is a very right. He was the guy. I don't know if you remember last year, during all the lockdowns, early in the lockdowns, he he was the one 
that the police in Topsail Beach and Hampstead actually mm-hmm. he's he's north of Hampstead, I believe. I believe he what is that place north of Hampstead? Had had I not been thinking about it. The Topsail? Uh no, it's right before Topsail. It's on the way to Topsail. Uh uh Surf City? Huh? Surf City? No, it's not the island because it's you can live, you have to turn in that Lowe's. Uh, yeah, I know you don't say. I used to work that area when I worked for another company we won't name. Um, anyway, his gym was right there on the way there. Okay. And, uh, he got raided because he was still opening up. Now, he was trying to follow guidelines, but he had, if you go back and look at the whole story, mm-hmm. um, he had permission from the local, go- the government was trying to shut him down. So, what happened was, uh, he had got permission from, I think, the commissioner or something to open back up, even though he had closed down prior. And there was a few other things that happened. Well, they had the commissioner had apologized to him and let him go. This is the commissioner of the police department. Well, they immediately suspended that commissioner, put a temporary commissioner in place, and sent a whole bunch of uh, cops to raid his facility. People are in there just working out, and they come in and, and raid the facility, guns up. Here's the big thing, huge thing. Oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't um, even see that. I mean, so much stuff is happening. Oh, yeah. Like, and, well, that was back last year, and I didn't, yeah. I didn't hear that because that was a big news article. Now I'm reading national headlines. Well, you want to know what? My huge thing last year was BLM. Because, yeah, and, like, and that overshadowed that because obviously he was conservative trying to fight against the lockdown, so you know that's pr- they probably try to suppress it as much as they could. Yeah, which I have a segue. Uh, this is something that just came out today. Uh, one of the Proud Boys leaders. Um, we didn't talk about this earlier, but his name is Henry Torrio, and he um, he's also known as Enrique to his followers. He's 37 years old. He was arrested on January 4th for um, carrying high-capacity magazines and yeah. burning a bill in frack. Yeah, and they're trying to give him, like, the life without possibility of parole for burning a bill in flag. Yeah, but he got five months. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he got he, he was five months today. And the DOJ is trying to lock him up for it. Yeah, like, so, but I'm, I'm like – for me, okay, so I was looking at the charges because I was looking at NBC News, and I was like, okay, how is he going to get – why is he getting five months? Because it just says, Proud Boys leader sentenced five months for burning BLM flag. So I'm like, how in the world does that work with our laws and everything like that? So I was reading his charges, and the charges does not include him burning that flag. No, they're trying to give it to him. What, what they got him for was, was – stealing the flag and that magazine. Yeah, and I, and what's funny is, is, number one, the magazine is the completely most stupid thing I've ever heard in my life. They said it's you know, illegal in Washington, D.C. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But the high-capacity magazine, it's – number one, it don't matter if you have five rounds in a, in a mag or 30 rounds in a mag. You know – I don't understand how, how that constitutes anything. Number one, or sorry, actually let's say number two here, the Second Amendment right uh, basically you know, says the right to bear arms and it shall not be infringed. Um, so you know, take that for what it is. You shouldn't have the ability to tell somebody how many rounds they can have in their magazine. 
Right. Yeah. And the, you know what? Also, like, people never look at it this way. But why in the world would, would your government have the right to have all these weapons and you can't? Absolutely. I mean, welcome welcome to the Second Amendment argument, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, let's just um, go. Oh, yeah, you can do it. I can delve into that. And there's things I get wrong, so I don't like to delve too deep, but, I, you know, I do like to talk about what I know. But I can say this. What's the difference between 12 bullets and 10 bullets? Two. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so in all these liberal places, you can only have 10-round magazines, Okay. So if you have a 12-round magazine, you got a high-capacity magazine. But if I handed you a magazine with 12 and a magazine with 10, you would look at me and say, "There, you know, what? Like, what, what's the point? I guess you kill two less people. But if you know how to shoot right, you can you can kill you can kill you can kill 12 people with 10. Well, I put it to you like this: <laughs> me and my dad joke around because I like to have a Glock 19. That's my that's my preferred. Uh, gun that I carry. It's a nine millimeter Glock. It's they're semi, semi they're subcompact. No, is it a compact? I don't know. Anyway, that is not neither here nor there. There's classifications if you don't get it right, if your gun person's listening, they'll be like, oh, you got it wrong. because um, gun people are weird. Um but <laughs> I carry Glock nineteen. That's my preferred a Gen five Glock nineteen. My dad usually carries some type of nineteen eleven, uh which is a forty five ACP uh semi automatic uh pistol. Uh, one is forty. One is uh, uh, one is nine millimeter. One is forty five. One basically that means the forty five is a slightly bigger bullet than nine millimeter. The reason I bring that up, the forty five is the, sorry, the nineteen eleven only holds about six to eight, depending on which magazine you got. And Glock nineteen holds about fifteen rounds. Okay, the running joke is you know stopping power versus carrying capacity because you know I want more rounds versus that. Um. What 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 does that have to do with anything when it comes to like what I carry? You know what I mean, or what how I defend myself? Like, wh- why is eight rounds versus fifteen rounds a big difference? It's a way to control what you have. That's exactly right. Because here's the thing: if I have five people coming at me, yes, those eight rounds have, probably have more stopping power. And one bullet, if I was the best shot in the stinking world, you know what I mean, like. Um, I could literally take all of them out, but I'm not James Bond. I'm not even close. You know, on a good month, I go out shooting once a month if I can. You know what I mean? And I can hit yeah. the target, but I mean, it's not a great shot. You know, I'm not the best shooter. There's a lot of people better than me. Um, so somebody like me, who let's say we had, you know, even three or four, I don't want as many bullets as I can carry because number, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna hit half the people. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just not. Yeah, and especially if they're a moving target. Well, they're, there's, and there's different laws that go into that. You know, you can't just pull a gun on somebody. You can't do this or that. But if somebody's engaging you and you right, more exactly. Than, more, yeah, I'm gonna want you're gonna fire seven shots, eight shots. I think the eight shots is the national average. Mm-hmm. Eight, nine. Actually, sorry, I think it's ten or twelve. And you know, and there's literally stories that I have heard from people dying and having the gun and shooting people. Because the gun that they carried only had six shots. You know what I mean? So they could have got, got like five, five, a four few or more off. Yeah. Absolutely. But they only had six shots in their gun for personal carry. Don't get me wrong, six shots. If somebody's walking up to you by themselves and you pull a gun that has six bullets in it and you fire two in his chest, well, that's probably more than enough. You know, a revolver's 
good. And I'm not gonna go on. Gu- Sorry, let me not go on a tangent about guns. But <laughs> for for the simple reason of you might get jumped. You, this might happen. There might be more than one person. You are going to run into a situation to where you're going to need more than ten ten bullets. So that high capacity magazine is complete nonsense. And so yeah, that's why, and that, so so that's precedent right there for for us um, as Americans for the, him to be thrown into jail. Not I'm not thrown. He has he has Over to surrender. Yeah, those are bogus. Like he has yeah. to surrender himself, but his himself to the authorities by I think it's September second or sometime yeah, early I think September. He's already, he's already on parole. Yeah, but it's just like he has to serve five months though. Yeah, it's, like it's. it's and then, but they the, want him in jail, and he's already on parole for like, I think he's on parole until like 2023. Yeah, and or, so like for and but the headline too is that, and that's the thing that disturbs me about this whole thing is like, well, one of the major things because him going to jail and everything like that because of our constitutional rights, we have those, but he's being locked up anyway. That's like the biggest disturbance. But the other disturbance is that he is creating a fear of BLM. Like if you touch BLM, you go into jail. It's like the Proud Boys leader sentenced five months for burning BLM flag. It's like, no, he stole something off of a church property. So that's why. So Versus, that take all that aside. We're not doing anything to the people that burnt the flags. It's their freedom of expression. But he yeah. burns the BLM flag, and they want to put him in jail. Now, I'm, again, let's let's say this aside. I don't know the Proud Boys, and you know, at first when I was like, and going back to the Second Amendment, they were guys that support the strong Second Amendment and all that. So mm-hmm. at first, I like them. I don't know anything about them, and I know there has been racist rhetoric, and I'm not going to say that they're racist or not but because Enrique, never, yeah, this is Enrique. Well, he he is not a white guy, but there's most white. What I'm saying is, I don't I, know, I think we should probably say it, is we don't support any racial anything. You know, anybody right. that has racist or uh, racial intent or wants to call segregation or, or bring harm to another group specifically because of race, I, I know you don't support that. I don't support that. But if they don't have that intent, and number one, they're getting labeled this just because they're people that are more conservative than liberal, and hey, listen, and all, there are people that embed themselves in each one of these groups. Uh, that are racist. Uh, you can't you can't deny that, and that's not has nothing to do with some of these proud boys, uh, if that is what they do. Because I have seen other organizations that, you know, they might be independent organizations that have nothing to do, but they just want to support Second Amendment rights. And you mm-hmm. got some idiots that join them. That always happens. Right. No what you have people that are Second Amendment rights, and then most people that support Second Amendment rights are white guys. I mean, I you know not that not that black people don't, but these groups usually are are predominantly white at first. And so you're going to find some idiot racist people that join them. And so I, I, I say that to say, you know, I don't want to act like we're supporting the Proud Boys, you know, because I don't know everything about them. But in terms of what they stood for and what they have done, there's been a few things that they, if they were independent people and this is happening to them and they don't, they're not racial people or there's not racist intent in what they're doing, this is completely insane. Yeah, I think there's people of all like ethnic groups in that um in the organization. It's not like Enrique is the leader. Yeah. That's, and see, that's, listen, and that's what I was saying. That that group might not be nothing but just some conservative 
might be slightly misogynistic, but just old-fashioned people that want to be mentally men and support the Second Amendment, and we have no problems with them. You know what I mean? And you yeah. might have 20 out of 400,000 that are racist, mm-hmm. and they get online, and they speak in their forums, and they just say stupid crap, and the media has automatically pulled it up and said, well, these, this whole group is racist. You know what I mean? And they're not. Now, they might be misogynist, but, you know, yeah. most traditional men but, are they, that's what they want. They want to be that. Like, and, and, and I'm not saying that that's right, but there is a a, a, a feminist move that's happening that emasculates men. It's a feminist move that they're right. trying to be uh, the old-fashioned feministic, and there's a median. But you know what? Yes, there is a is a, a a group of people that look back and go, you know what? I'm tired of all this feminism, anti-man bullcrap. Here's a group that are just proud to be men. Yeah, and you know, straight men. And yeah. that was that was for me the genesis of man cave. Like basically, yeah. like uh, you hear all day long, women, women, and it's mostly for for real, for real, Bobby. I'm gonna just put it out there just like this, and I could be called whatever, but it's mostly white women. Uh. I, it, you, listen, <laughs> that's the reason why the term is called Karen and not Shaniqua. Yeah, you it's, know, or or it's, it's, I, I, I might get. Fewer for that joke. Or Shane, um, you can say Shana. Yeah, it's Shana. It's not Shana. But you know what I mean? It's, there's a reason why they're called Karens. is because Karen is a predominantly white name, and it's white women that do this crap. And now, you know, I mean, listen, my son made a joke one time. He said, you know what's the problem with the world? I said, what? He said, it's 15-year-old white girls with blonde dyed hair that don't know what gender they are. And I said, I mean, what do you mean? And he's like, they're the ones that cause the problem. He, called, he said, they cause the problem for both sides. Because they're offended by everything. Now, he yeah. didn't say all that, but he he made the joke about, he said, it's 15-year-old girls with, with pink dyed hair. And I guarantee, I, he must have dealt with that in the class. You know, and it's funny. It is because the problem is, this, and I'm not just saying it's 15-year-old girls, but it's this subclass group of people that literally cause offense to everything. And it's usually white women that find everything offensive, and, you know, like you'll see. Who do they normally interview uh, when it comes to Black Lives Matter? Now, there are black people, a lot of black people, but usually the most offended ones are white women or white LGBT or young college white men that, you know, it's predominantly white. But, see, the thing is, like, when you have black people talking about BLM, well, you see a lot of them now – parting ways from BLM because they thought that it was an organization that really promoted uh, black well-being. And it has nothing to do with black well-being. They want to um, rid of, like, the things that black culture has been trying to promote over the years and get back was the black family, basically, like Mm -hmm. the household, um, income, black Wall Street. Conservative values, and I don't mean Republican. I just mean traditional conservative like yeah like traditional when we say conservative i'm not talking about politics i'm just talking about traditional values of husband wife uh uh dads in the home women or moms in the home raising a a happy family you know i mean that was stuff that they that that, you're right i mean look at bill Cosby before everything that happened he was a big i mean his show the reason why it was so huge it was a black man and a black woman uh, and even family matters. 
it was they were living in a house. They were living, They had a traditional family, and it yeah. didn't shy away from that. And the father was there in the home. And so, like, mm-hmm. we've been, especially, like, and I don't like to use coin terms like this, um, but I use it just because so people can understand what I'm talking about. But for years, the black church, you know, the initiative behind the black church, and just, like, um, that documentary, Wilmington on Fire, showing, like, what happened with uh, Wilmington and when it was a prosperous black community and everything. So it's just. And this is about the point in time when Leslie would go, and the Democrats were the reason that it was not like that. <laughs> right. Well, it's the idea, it's the principles. I don't, for me, I don't really feel like, well, there are parties that stand on certain principles. Um, but they, well, I mean, they have. Traditionally, and you, I mean, you could say whether they have turned another leaf or there was a shifting in the party somewhere where the it were actually the Democrats, which is not true. Um, but no, they had they had that same ideology forever. They they always have. I mean, go back. Yeah. To, I mean, the Republicans come from the Republic, which comes from the Italians and the Greeks and all that, and they always had independent self uh, uh, equality movement. But also because this is a constitutional republic, and that's. You know, we we stand on the Constitution and our freedoms, but, you know, things like BLM um, and the reason, like, people tell me I'm misinformed, you know, yeah. as a black as a black woman, but I live my black life in, in well, America, you know. you're misinformed by <laughs> being the most informed, you know what I mean? You're just yeah. not informed on what they want you to be informed on. And so, uh, yeah, so when they come out with a rhetoric, that says you need to believe this way because this is best for your community. Again, I take that as racism. Like, why are you telling me? You're, now you're setting up a system of, again. So you set up the system of the of, uh, welfare. You set up the system of fathers not being in home. You set up ways. Now you're setting up a system where you need to think like this. It's mental slavery. Hey, hold on one second. I've got mm-hmm. my, my daughter's just walked in the room. Mm-hmm. I literally hear like, yeah, I don't know if you heard that or not. That probably right. not. Yeah, just okay. Just school, school, school things. But yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, it's it's crazy what they have done to the black community. So, and if that's what you're saying, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But yeah, yeah, that's all. That's what I was saying. Like basically, so why they are the face of BLM is again they know what's best for everyone. It's the it's the same ideology going back to the guns, going back to uh, COVID and and um, vaccines and all those things. People, there's never been an issue with people getting vaccines. The issue with all of this and with everything that we've been talking about is control. A government yeah. who controls its people, which we do not live in that society. No, never, and America never has never we. been, was never based on, that's what I was getting back to the Republic. We all had the, the Republics that come from the Greek mythology, or not Greek mythology, they were actually existed, coming from these, these I've got tadpoles in this pool that I need to get out, that's crazy. Um, uh, sorry, I walked outside to get a little bit of quietness. Um, they come on, on ideas of freedom and equality for everybody that they wanted to get away from having a leader and so that's exactly where the republicans come from and so that's why our government is founded on a republic basically to have you know people that delegate for us and to have freedom so that way we're not indoctrinated and to have control right you know what the, I mean? our why constitution have, defines it not yeah. not man 
Yes, and that's the reason why we don't we're not a true democracy because they realize democracy is not something that can completely be uh working because you got you know, I mean to have you like you saw, if we were to have complete uh freedom and everybody's vote counted, you could easily manipulate that. So that's why they do what we do and have a republic because a republic is the, the best way to have a a free controlled society that people represent everybody. And right. you don't have you don't have the government having complete control of what the citizens do, and you have independent rights that governments can you know the president can't come down to my house and say this is my house now. Now, right, exactly. And theoretically, he can, but for a period of time, like he has to have a reasonable, you know. I mean, he might be able to take control of it, but there's enough American. Uh, but no, isn't, isn't there something in like I know things about commandeering and stuff like that, but there's something in uh, yeah because of the the British taking over people's stuff. There are things yeah. in our our thing that literally says that they can't do that. Um, now they can. I mean, let's be honest with you. There's enough government bureaucratic red tape that they can tie us. He wanted to come over and do that. Could he legally do that? Not technically. You probably could fight it, but the chances of you winning are zero to none. But right. You know that's corruption on another level, but it's not set up like that. And there are protections, and you and you know what, you get the right lawyer, you probably could fight it. You know the but, president could come in and say that, and you find the right lawyer, and all of a sudden you sue the American government. Not only did you get your house back, but you won twenty million dollars because that's the American way to sue everybody. That's that's another topic. Yeah, but there are protections and controls for American people that that exist like this, and that exactly what you're saying. That's the reason why vaccines are. A high topic because the government wants control, and American people are saying, "No, you're not going to tell me I can. I have to take a vaccine, especially something that's untested." Right, and so like today, uh, Pfizer re- um, received FDA approval, and but everybody's like, "What about ivermectin, um, hydroxychloroquine, all these other things?" And so the thing is that they've been battling. Um, like FDA approved these vaccines for emergency use, but now Pfizer is the one. Their vaccination is the one thing that they have um, that they classify as something to treat COVID. Yeah, um, the only treatment to fight. Even though I watched an independent doctor, and I hate to say it on YouTube, but the doctor was just giving. It was not a political thing or or something that was a subsidiary that you could say. Oh, there's somebody down the rabbit hole. It was just an informational site that was approved by the CDC and had backing of, you know, uh, uh, doctors and hospitals and all that. And I, I could give you the link if I could find it. But he was just telling you about the Delta variant. And he said basically that the vaccine, that the Delta variant is a completely different, uh, different virus than COVID. And so basically that's the reason why there's so many people that are, uh, vaccinated and not vaccinated, getting it because it doesn't attack the way COVID attacks. So this this vaccine that you're getting is not protecting you from the Delta variant because now it it may or may not lessen the symptoms. Um, that's neither here nor there. You can have that different topic, but it does uh it, it does not prote- prevent you from catching this variant. It doesn't even stop it. No, not whatsoever. Sorry. Melissa Joan Hart, I just saw where she um, talked about how she has COVID right now. She did a, a Instagram and how her chest is heavy. It's hard for her to breathe. She has a fever. She looks bad. Um, and But she's just sharing, yes, I've been vaccinated. Yes, you know, and she's like, but now I feel terrible. Like she, 
she looked bad too. And but she's just being honest about how she was feeling that day and and how she has COVID and she has it with like a vengeance. And yeah. um and but the thing with ivermectin and the thing that's coming out about it that it's only like a a, a low cost drug. It's already FDA approved, but it's, the FDA well, has come, come a, it, yes, so, but not to treat COVID. It's yeah, for yeah. everything we say, else. We need to say it like that. Even though there are studies and people that have taken it and doctors that have prescribed it, and just like hydrochloroquine with zinc, they had saw enough results to where it helped. You right. know what I mean? And that's the, it, thing, that's the thing it, about the 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 medicine in general versus the vaccine. Vaccine, we don't know or not help. It's just being produced. It's just being pushed by the government. Well, if you could go on the World Health Organization, and I'm telling you, Bobby, it's hard too. It took me a long time to find the information, but once you find it, it's a spreadsheet, and it shows you the injury from the vaccine. Okay. And, okay. And, Can I deviate that from that for a second? I don't mean to interrupt, um, but while it's on my mind, let me say this. So I spoke to somebody. I'm not going to say, you know what? We're going to keep them anonymity because I don't want this to come out at all. Because they can, <laughs> if it were, if this were to actually become a a big show for us, and then got out, you know, I, I'd hate for that person to lose or have any part of their job entrance. But I talked to somebody who is in the medical industry. That person is a is, you know, they're a nurse, okay, or doctor. They're, so they're with these patients specifically. All right, so they've seen COVID patients. One of the biggest things they're they're scared of right now is uh, they have actually had COVID, and their biggest fear right now. And again, I'm not. I, let me preface this by saying, you know, I know where you stand with the COVID virus. To me, or COVID vaccine. To me, I, I don't care what you want to do. My my, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm backtracking a little bit to say it like this. I don't have a problem with the vaccine. I have a problem with the vaccine being approved way too quick and most people that I've ever talked to that are doctors and, and lawyers or sorry doctors and nurses and all that they take three years for a vaccine even though this is a different vaccine versus a traditional uh, vaccine that are you know they use uh, a diluted version of a virus to attack your cells and all that and they get and this was an mRNA which is a completely different type of vaccine um, a traditional vaccine goes for three years of testing so to me we're only in year what one of all these vaccines, mm-hmm. and I understand the radicalization of it, but to me, I'm not opposed necessarily to a vaccine for COVID virus. I'm opposed to, A, it's not been tested for, you know, a year um, and all people. And number two, I'm opposed to you telling me that I have to have something. As an American right. citizen, it's my individual right to whether I want it or not, and I believe it should be something that is. And so I'm not opposed to people getting a vaccine, okay? If you want to get a vaccine, that's great. If you don't, that's fine. But people need to listen and understand that there are adverse effects. And getting back to that nurse, one of the things is they do have COVID. They will, they, you know, and they even were scared to go to the hospital. This person, sorry, it's a nurse or a doctor. I don't want to say it's a nurse because I don't really know exactly what they are. But they're in the medical. They work at a hospital. Okay. Okay. Um, they work in the COVID patient, COVID wing from time to time and do all that. So this person has told me that the, the biggest reason they're scared, and you know, they've had. Other people in this thing, even other doctors, say they didn't want to uh, get the vaccine because they have seen people have adverse effects of this and die. And there's a lot of adverse effects of this vaccine right now that scare them. Mm -hmm. And they know what's going on, and they know the treatment basically, if you're not vaccinated, 
it's almost like not that they're going to kill you. I'm not going to say they have a, a hypocrit- hypocritical oath that these people are not going to kill you. But the thing is, is there are adverse effects of these vaccines that people are dying from, and they are misinterpreting it to um, – uh, what am I trying to – they're misinter- – they're mis- uh, what's the word? Basically, they're not writing it up as what they're actually dying for. They're basically putting it down as COVID-related symptoms. So the death is COVID-related. So there's people dying from COVID even though they're actually dying from the actual vaccine. They're getting right. forced to us dying by COVID, and that's what's scaring this person. So this person's like, I would rather deal – you know, because this person knows what they're going to do, how they're going to do how they're going to get treated. Um, you know, that they're like, I would rather just deal with it here, get the medication I need here, and survive at the house versus, you know, go to the go to the thing. And because I don't want to take the take the uh, vaccine, you know, I, I'm more scared for my life here. Does that make sense? Or more scared of my life there at the hospital? Right. Well, yeah, I get, I get that. Like a lot of intimidation is happening. Uh, yeah. Things like that. And, and, so, and it's, like, it's from a medical professional. It's from somebody yeah. that is in the medical profession that are with COVID patients that are, and, and that's what's scary about everything to me when it comes to the vaccine is that there's people, you know, you, you hear all the time, well, these medical people that are backed by science are saying this or that. Well, there's 40, you know, 40 plus at, you know, several hospitals are, that are signing waiver well, conditions. They don't want to take it because they're scared. Why do we have to say that it's backed by science when science backs a lot of stuff that has changed over time? Because it, it starts with a, hypothesis, a theory, a hypothesis, and then you test it out. That's you what we've learned. scientific method that literally explains yeah. and does and is tested. And, you know, I mean, you look at, I mean, okay, completely off subject. Einstein's theory of relatively, especially when it comes to black holes, he had a theory, and this is and the reason I'm bringing this up because this was just found, and Einstein's been dead with almost 100 years, if not more. Uh, he had a theory that there was light in a black hole. For a long time, people didn't believe that. Two months ago, a scientific journal, they just found out, and this was a big, huge thing, just light in a black hole. It was mm. something that was a theory. That was a scientific theory. A lot of – and this is not – we're talking about recent events. Uh, Einstein has had another theory that was proven uh, here recently in the last five years. That's over 100 years after his death. And that tells you the time that it has encompassed in these theories and these methods that people are studied and restudied and researched and keep going over and over and exactly what you're saying. It takes years. It could be a hundred years before you find out, you know, the truth of all this. And, and like you're getting that with the vaccine, it's been what, not even a year, a full year maybe. No, it's and it's like as as I was listening to, it's been 66 years since Albert Einstein passed. Just FYI. I, I, yeah, okay. So that's been 56 years, and he just now, one of his theories, you know, he's got just, on time travel, so you can say what you want, but I think we all agree that when it comes to some of the smartest men that ever lived, he's in the top three. Oh, yeah. Well, when it comes to um, uh, these injuries, that's what that's the thing. Like, I was watching Dr. Tess Laurie. She's a uh, U.K. doctor, uh, and she was doing an interview uh, with this, like, um, cynical uh, news reporter, and she, she was correcting him. They were talking about the yellow card system that monitors injuries from vaccines, and she and she was giving an example of kind of like um, the tetanus vaccine. It was developed um, in the 1960s, I think 1966, and um, or it was earlier or later, I'm not, but around that time. And to the date, there's only been 36 deaths from the tetanus vaccine. 
Yeah. There, uh, there have been thousands of deaths from um, the multiple um, vaccinations for COVID, and then there's been over 300,000 injuries of people having strokes and just heart problems and uh, losing loss of functionality of their body and stuff like that. So it's, I think it is totally fine for a person to say, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's totally fine for a person to say, I have an individual right to do more research on my own. Right. And you know and what? Here's the thing. You know, me and my father, who have a lot of political talks while we're at work, um, the, the way they've handled it is so crazy wrong. Again, I go back to me saying I don't have a problem with the vaccine. If you want to get a vaccine, fine. I don't think we should come out against the vaccine. I think we should come out for people to understand that they need to have an independent mindset, and, and we have respect for each other individually to say if you don't want a vaccine, it's fine, because I don't understand how if you're vaccinated and I'm unvaccinated, how that hurts you. You know, if you're vaccinated, because they're saying that if if you get vaccinated, you're protecting people. That's how they're yeah, they're, even they're doing it like the, a, a moral variants, type thing. Yeah, yeah, variants do not help anything. Okay, so let's go back to that. Well, my theory is, you know, we need to have a more tolerant because I believe, honestly, had our government, had our news media outlets come out and said, listen. We're not making this mandatory. We're not going to do that. You are American citizens. You, and they probably wouldn't say it like this, but the cut and dry of it is you're American citizens. You have the freedom to do whatever you want. We're not making this mandatory, but we highly suggest you get that. Um, basically, here's the vaccine. Take it or not. You know, I think you would have seen almost 95% of Americans vaccinated within three months. Because the thing is, is when you, when you look at people like me, who's not necessarily opposed to the vaccine, but they're opposed to civil liberties being uh, pushed aside. You basically tell me that you're, you know better than my own thinking for myself, and I'm going to tell you to basically screw off. Right. You know, I am myself. I, my body is my temple. I am the one that makes that decision for me. And again, I'm not opposed to a vaccine. I'm opposed to you telling me that. So as soon as most people like me, you tell me we're making the mandatory, I'm going to look at you and say, nope, <laughs> sorry. You're not going to tell me because I believe that my fight is somebody else's fight. And if you are somebody that's adamant, adamant, that's the word I'm looking at, against the vaccine, then it's my duty as an American citizen to basically say, well, listen, if you're adamant against this vaccine and you believe that it's your right for it, then I have to stand up for your right to ability to have that belief. You know, and people can make arguments and you can bring in – certain things in terms of, like, laws or people doing horrible things. That's not what I'm saying, you know. There's certain things that you can't cross. Like, I don't believe you should have the right to marry children. We all agree with that, you know. Now, we are not going to fight with that. But if you, you know, we're Christians. We believe, you know, maybe homosexuality may be a certain thing or certain not. But I, as an American citizen, believe as long as you're two people that are of an adult age and you want to get married and there are certain guidelines that follow that, it is my right – it's my duty as an American to say, listen, you know, Christianity is a is a moral governing body that controls where you go in life after death, but this is life before death, and I believe you have that right to, to have that belief. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that's how I feel when it comes to anything in terms of a choice or a decision to be made, especially when it comes to vaccines or things about your body. If you have this belief, and it's not a uh, discernible uh, 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 crime… 
then there's no reason why people shouldn't have that belief. There's no yeah. reason why people should. Then there should be people that are willing to fight for against a government uh, trying to come up and say you have to have it. No, no I don't. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I I wouldn't. Especially like if they if they find alternative ways, like people find that all, it, for for anything. For, yeah. For anything, like if they have high blood pressure or high blood sugar or something like that, but they find yeah, an alternative way. Anybody, you have to do this. You're going to say no because there's people that have alternative med. There's people that literally there are popular prescriptions and medications that are widely known and accepted that people are allergic to. Yeah. And it might be 10 people out of a 1,000 or out of a million. But those 10 people have the right to find alternative medicine so they don't die. Right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, and we'll end on that note, like, just, like, the whole thing is being blown out of proportion. I think that um, – It's people invading individual rights. And I right. Well, I'll put it to you like this, okay, and we'll end with this. So there was a story of Arnold Schwarzenegger basically saying, screw your rights. Now, I, I want to put it in a perspective. I, I don't like to just individually start bashing somebody because of a conservative or a democratic viewpoint. Okay. I understand what he was saying. You're, in his mind, you're causing harm to other people that are unvaccinated. Okay, so it's your duty as an American because you have the right to get vaccinated so that way these people can live and endure and be free people. You know what I mean? And I get that to a point. The problem is, number one, there's so much medicate or there's so much uh, misinterpretation of what's going on and differences that people don't understand. The people that are unvaccinated, they're not anti-vaxxers. They're not people that are fighting vaccines because they believe that they're going – a lot of them are going to get injected in microbes or things that turn you into a lizard person or anything like that. They're, they're people that are concerned about their own health and their own thing, and we're going back to the fight of my individual rights. They want to have the ability to choose these, these decisions to make that. And so you telling them that they have to have it, they're going to sit there and say, well, number one, show me the thing where a vaccinated versus an unvaccinated person – you know, this person that's vaccinated, how am I hurting them? They don't right. understand that. And and now, if there was conclusive scientific data across the board that said this or that, I think it would change people like your mind, people like my mother's mind, people that are in, in our sphere of influence that have these opinions. You know, I think it would change them drastically. But the problem is, is there's so many askew data, and it's, number one, it's, as soon as the data comes out, it's like, here, here's your data. And you're like, well, can't I read it? Like, nope, there you go. You need to get vaccinated. Well, no, you're, you're talking to someone who hasn't had like a lot of vaccines in the first place. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. Like it's I'm, just the bare minimum of what I needed. But yeah, I've had the the shots that you had to have. But I'm saying like, and I don't get flu vaccines, but that has nothing to do with this or that. It's it's I just I don't see why there's a point to get a flu vaccine every year to lessen the milder symptoms of the flu, even though you are still going to catch the flu. Right. You know, I'm not going to go that. Now, I'm not opposed to a flu vaccine. It's the, you know, the flu, you know, the flu vaccine's been out long enough. You know, if the flu vaccine was a vaccine that you could take one time and you never had the flu again, and it's been 40, 50 years, it's been almost 100 years since the flu vaccine come out, you know, I think me and you would be well into taking, getting a flu shot. You know what I mean? Like, we've got polio. We've got smallpox. We've got these shots. So that way, these, these, uh, Things don't come back and kill us. Because smallpox used to be something that killed you in the Middle Ages. Polio killed you up until 1946. I mean, it, it crippled uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Um, 
that that's, that's some topics for another time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we it's got just, some, some days to pull up on the, and those things, too. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's one of those things to where these those vaccines were tested and timed and proven, and, you know, it's one of those situations to where you're like, okay, I can see why we take those vaccines. This is exactly that. This is one of those vaccines. It's kind of like the flu vaccine that everybody's like, uh, why would I do this right now? Because it's already proven that this vaccine yeah. is not even fighting these Delta variants. Yeah, I think the best the best way is herd immunity that uh, for for COVID. I honestly think because the antibodies, and I'll just give you this fact, like experience myself in my family. Fact: Mama has COVID and COVID pneumonia. Oh no! Yeah, um, back in in the January, beginning of February. Uh, she she dealt with oh, okay. that. Okay, so it's not current. I thought you were saying like she has it right now. No, no, it's not current. So she's going back to school now. She, after Miss Anthony passed and all those things that we dealt with, she took a leave of absence and going back to school. She was concerned about being vaccinated because again, she's on the side of this hasn't been around long enough. She's had the flu shot before and gotten the flu and it was so bad that she's just like no, she does she doesn't trust it. So, and especially something that has not been around for a year. So she's just weary. And um, so she went to her doctor. They say, you know, listen to your doctor, listen to the doctor. Um, her doctor said, well, before we even talk about that vaccine, let's check your antibodies. Mama's antibodies is over a thousand. Oh, from having the having the pneumonia and the uh, and COVID. Yeah, earlier this year, they said it only lasts like 90 days. She still has her antibodies to this day. You know what's funny? Okay, so you say that. So let's go with another person. I don't like to say people's names. I know your mom don't care. But we know a person that sings at our church. Um, Mm -hmm. This person had COVID-19 and was tested positive. So we know for sure they had COVID-19 earlier on in 2020. Mm -hmm. Their family had they can still test positive for COVID-19, and that's been over a year. And that was told to them. So that should immediately tell you exactly what you're saying is the truth, because there's no way that the antibodies, you know, don't still stay in your body with the fact of the matter that if, if the virus can stay in your body and you can test positive for COVID-19, why can't, you know, the antibodies stay in your body for a lot longer? Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. It has a 97% survival rate. I think we're losing our freaking minds over it. I know people have passed away, but people passed, like, Mr. Anthony died from a stroke. Like, so. I had COVID not too long ago. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been a, a long enough time to where it's been in and out of my body. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, about a month ago, I have been around people that have had COVID during that time. After we, It's probably a little bit longer than that, but, you know, after that time, there was people that were catching it after me. Okay? We're not going to talk about everybody that has had it and, you know, people that we know and all that. But I can say this. I have not had any free uh, adverse effects. You know, we dealt with it. We quarantined. We did what we were supposed to do. Um, We got over it. We moved on. You know, there's people after that that I had come in contact. Now, again, we've stayed away from these people, and these people are quarantining and doing what they're supposed to do now. But we had come across them enough to where – you know, had there been any re-exposure and you could potentially catch it again, because as they say, you know, you're not protected. I, me, and, me and my wife should be sick again, or we, you know, be coming over it again. But no, I mean, I have not said anything. And, you know, we've it's been a little bit since we've had it. 
So that should tell you that these antibodies and everything they say, it, it should be just like getting the flu. You know how people used to have flu parties where you get the flu and or your baby get the flu or your baby get chicken pox or whatever. I mean, it, it's crazy to say, and I wouldn't suggest it, but it literally, you, you know, it's like, I'm not saying because chicken pox is completely different. You know, you got, they yeah. say you can only get chicken pox in your life, but there's literally people that get their babies to catch chicken pox. And once they go through the chicken box, you're done and over with. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, but then you get shingle. Yeah, and I'm not saying that's right. <laughs> I'm saying that there's people that do that crap. And, and you know, it's always happened. You know, there's been people that have had chicken box that I've come across other people with chicken box. And it, you don't look at it as you're scared. You look at it as like, well, he's got chicken box now. And, you know, yeah. oh, God, keep him out of school for three, four weeks or two weeks yeah. or however long it has. And once it's over with, guess what? You're done. You don't need a chicken box vaccine. Right. You've got chicken pox. You've had it. The virus is in you. Well, have it for the rest of your life. My daughters have not had chicken pox yet. One of these days, they'll probably catch it. Yeah, I've had it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, I don't wish, I hope to God they don't catch it, you know, at 24 years of age. Yeah. You know, they get chicken pox at age 7, age 8, age 9, age 12. This is what it is. They'll survive the disease. The disease will end, and then they'll move on about their lives. Yeah. You know? That's just, <laughs> that's. That's just where we're at. I'll end here with that because I know you wanted to end and I kept going. But I'm just saying it's it's just crazy how, how we've blown everything out of proportion and, and tried to make it mandatory and government-controlled. And, and the people don't understand the fight that the other side has just to have the freedom to choose. You know? Right. And we can make it an elevator thing of, well, these people don't have or that people don't have or what about this and that or what about the history of that. I understand that. And we're fighting civil liberties over things, but – you know, medical liberties are a thing too. Yeah. So just, I mean, yeah, it's just yeah, you're right, and that's it. That, that's exactly right. You know, it's your right. It's your right to do this. You know, you know what? There is one more thing I want to touch on. Okay. Um, the, the what? Where does your opinion on? Well, you know, I don't have to ask, but I'm going to ask anyway. What is your opinion on ha- uh, having a vaccine card? Oh, completely ridiculous. I don't have a vaccine card. I know it's on my medical record from my medical history uh, of my vaccinations that I've had. And yeah. uh, my my doctor can pull it up and they can see whatever I have. And that should be that. Yeah. Um, so I don't have a vaccine card for anything a, else. A, and there's local places that Walnut Creek Amphitheater, not Walnut Creek, yeah, I think Walnut Creek Amphitheater and PNC Pavilion uh, in North Carolina alone are <laughs> are making uh, making it to where you got to have proof of vaccination before you can go to their venues. And again, the D, and the DOJ just overruled, you know, the HIPAA guidelines and the laws talking about. Um, and I don't even know how the DOJ can do this when they can't make laws. Um, and, and you know what's funny? Over- there, there's a poll. You know, keep going. I don't want to interrupt you. I'm I'm got a thought and I couldn't stop it. Oh, no, you're fine. But I was just saying the DOJ overruled that, like the HIPAA guidelines. You know. Um, the, the form, you know, when you have to sign when you sign up for your medical insurance about who are we sharing information with, and yeah. you, it's illegal just to share people's medical information. But yeah. when it comes to, to them, that is all the laws are gone. Now, again, I, I'm fine with a test if you want to make sure that someone doesn't have a test, or even checking for fever or something like that before people come in. I get that. I'm not opposed to that. You know what I mean? You don't want somebody that's walking around with 104 fever. It could be something completely, you know, could be the flu. You don't want that in a virus going around and they think you got 30 people when you were just trying to have a good time. 
You know, all of a sudden 30 people can't go to work for a week or two because they got the flu. I get that. But, you know what I mean, there comes a line. Now, again, I don't think you should do it for a long period of time, but when you've got a pandemic like this, I understand there's certain certain bent, rule bent, you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, even then you can you can make a counter-argument to that of saying, well, if you start there, how far does it end? But I don't, yeah. I don't think you should – you should not know whether somebody's had a vaccination or not. Yep. You know what I mean? Schools are one business. thing. Yeah. Schools are one thing. And you know what's funny? Schools can't even stop you from going to school if you are, if your parents are anti-vax and don't want you to be there. If you never had your vaccine. Yeah. They can't stop you. Public school cannot stop you. So, they try. Yeah, they try, but they can't. Yeah. And so that's the crazy thing to me. Um, and again, you can get into a capitalist argument because Technically, in North Carolina role, you had the right to refuse people service. You had the right to refuse the right to work, right, and all this and that. So these companies had the ability to tell you no. So if you don't want to come in, they don't want you to come in, technically they can do that. And that's within their rights. They should not – I don't think that they should have the ability to look at you and say, do you have a vaccination? No, can't come in. I, I just think that's wrong. And, and you know – it, oh yeah, that's it's almost like putting a star on you. Yeah, I mean, whatever it, else you know, yeah. color codes they put you into the group. And I get, I get the thing of you know, well, it's just a vaccine. It's something independent. Why are you fighting a fight? This is not about skin color. This is not about sexual orientation. It's not about this and that. No, but it's about a civil liberty that I have to the right to choose because, like you said before, where do they stop? Yeah, it's a principle. This yeah. is a principle that we're talking about. We're not talking about That's things. That's exactly right. Because this, things, yeah. One of these days they're going to fight with over religious rights, or one of these days they're going to fight over the right to be this or that. I mean, they they find ways to skirt around to control, and it goes back to exactly what you said. It's, a lot of times it's not racism, it's elitism. If you look back in history, a lot of racism is racist intent, but i got a feeling a lot of it is about control and more elitism than it is about Right. Now, again, I'm not talking about slavery or anything like that. I'm just talking about, you know, certain things. Yeah, now, if you want to talk about pure racism, just blatantly pure racism of what I could find through history, besides Jim Crow laws. Well, slavery, Jim Crow laws, those are obviously racism. But there well, now, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even count um, slavery. slavery. The uh, Slavery was not initial racism it was the when it was overthrown that's when the racism came out yeah and i can, uh, I can see what you're getting at that because it basically it was not about because you know slavery had been a, something that has happened by many different castes and societies prior to that right it, it, this is that was about free labor again yeah. elitism but um or building up like it, it came from you know, Great Britain and all their trade and going over to Africa and trading, they trade. They were in the business of trading humans. Yeah. However, the purest form of racism that I found in our history as the United States of America is this, abortion, Planned yeah. Parenthood. It's, it's targeted straight well, to uh, black know, people to abort their children. If you go look at the Reagan administration like we were talking earlier, they could even say the crack epidemic. Because it was mainly targeted towards um, the black society in L.A., and it, it, it creeped over. And that, you can even say AIDS and all. I mean, there's, those are propagandists. But there has been things to keep the, the African-American community population down because 
there are. Well, I'm just I'm saying for real, for real though. From Margaret. Oh yeah, abortion is a huge thing because of. Uh, it's her. It was her intent. That, yeah. That's what she said out of her mouth. That these people are born with less. They have less. They yeah, they, they are. They to control the African American population. Yeah, I mean yeah. eugenics. But she yeah. was saying that. These people should oh, I'm have all right. into this. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, it, it, and that you know was, what's funny? It, it, I think what happened was, and you can say the, this is the truest, like, I get what you're saying. This is the truest 100% documented. This is a form of, of, of racism. You know what I mean? This is one person's <laughs> intent for one radical reason. But I do think it goes back to, you know, there's a certain point in, in slavery in America, specifically America. And the reason I say that is because – other slaves, you look back, and yes, there are people of different castes in certain nations, but I'm talking about on a global scale from America to Great Britain. But there was a time where they looked at African Americans, and it went from, well, this is just a group of people that were tribal people. They looked at them as animals, and then all of a sudden there was a turn you know, to where it went from just typical slavery to particular racism towards one group of people. And I think that has never changed when it comes to – now, I'm not saying that. All slavery was, you know, targeted towards the African American community, uh, you know, since the dawn of time. You know, right. Well, but just, I, you you look at that. You look at slavery and the slave trade again. Yeah. That's about free labor. That's a way to build up a society, build colonies. Because again, Great Britain has interests of money, all these yeah. tea taxes and all those things, which we well, don't and they allow. They were using indentured servants. They were using French. You mean they? The Vikings were taking over. British rule. I mean, you, there's like you said, there's plenty of different. So slavery in it. When we say slavery, it automatically, you know, in modern day, when we say slavery, we think about African American slavery, which you know, listen, all slavery is wrong. But um, the, the, the point that I'm getting at, though, with that is whole pure, uh, pure, a, a targeted racism, specific racism is abortion, and you're exactly right. No, no, no. I'm talking about with the slavery thing. The, the oh, thing that you. I'm getting to with that point is that. Slavery is not a, a byproduct of America. No, slavery it's a was a, a Britain. Well, it's a, that's even past Britain. Yeah, slavery no. has been around since. It, the no, era. no, no. I'm, I'm talking about the slavery that existed in in this land. Oh, absolutely. It, it yeah. came from Britain. It did not come from the United States of America. No, it, it came from British rule. I mean, look at India. Yeah, look, that's mean, what. So you want to talk about racism? Now, yes, you can say it was white people. I mean, I, we have to agree with you because Britain is. If there ever was a birthplace for white people, it is the Anglo-Saxon, the Europeans, British, you know, Germans. That's where white people came from. Um, it was predominantly white, but it's all over every com every country that they have ever dominated. They looked at the 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 country. They looked at those people as less than. Yes, and so the United States was the yeah. first uh, nation to eradicate it. Uh, it, it existed Absolutely. when when when, uh, when the nation was born, and then they immediately stopped the slave trade, and then they uh, stopped slavery altogether. So it's just so like when I because when I was talking about the purest form in the United States, it goes to abortion hands down, um, and how to like fix the population. We should be like fifty percent of the population right now is black people, and we're twelve. Yeah. And that's the second biggest community besides white people. Yeah. You know, All right. You know, isn't that crazy? Like yeah. It should, it should be, you know, I, I was, you know, back in the early 2000s, you know, you always used to hear, 
well, you know, one day minorities are going to take over the entire community, and by 12, 30, 2035, you know, minorities are going to out-encompass out, uh, white and Caucasian Americans. No, they're not, and not, you know, not that that would be a bad thing. I don't care about which, you know, is what it is. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, you look at the demographic, it's 12% right now. How are y'all going to go from 12%, and I say y'all because you're African-American, um, you know, how are y'all going to go from 12% to 60% or, you know, 52%? By not following BLM and all yeah, those but things. I'm just saying, how are y'all going to explode like that in, over, in less than, like, what, 15 years? That's a yeah, lot. That's you, a lot of things. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of babies. That's a but, that's a lot of babies, y'all. You know, there's gonna be a lot of women overworked. Yeah. You know, I don't even I don't think it's mathematically possible with. Uh, we would have been there by now. Yeah. We would have been there, but you know, what's been like seventy some years now. Yeah, I mean, um, if had had African Americans had the free, you know, again, that's a whole other subject. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, you know, had y'all had, you know. A, you know, the crack academic, the AIDS, the abortion, everything that wasn't put into the African-American community to kill it. You know, the biggest thing, taking taking fathers outside of the home that is, to, to yeah. raise a – I mean, having a, having a household with a mother and a father, you can have virtually 25 to 30 kids. Not that you can, but you get what I'm saying. You can have a lot of kids. When you have seven or eight households like that, to have four to five kids, well, all of a sudden that population is growing exponentially. Yeah. You know what I mean? Versus a one, you know, young woman that has been fathered, you know, she's given, she's had one kid, and then that father's gone. You know what I mean? Well, then all of a sudden, she, you know, she don't want to have that kid, so she has an abortion. Well, you've healed, you know, and that's happening a lot. And so, you, you know, how many countless babies have died over, over that? It's just craziness. Yeah. But I'll let you go, Bobby. I know you uh, text that Jen is cooking yeah. dinner. Yeah, I need to get in there. Uh, she's she's been very nice to me, so if I don't get in there here soon, she's going to go from nice to really. You've been on the phone this long. But yeah, we're just taking an episode of Man Cave, yeah. a podcast. But yeah, yeah she's be like, well, if you don't get in here, you're going to be sleeping in the man cave. Which though, we probably should call this one like domestic terrorists. Yeah, that, I don't know. We'll, we'll, call it, we'll think of something. You know, maybe she's a man cave podcast. I don't care. We can even call it something completely different. No, no, I was kidding. Oh, well, <laughs> listen. Like I was telling you earlier, all, uh, you know, any conservative right wing politics right now are being considered domestic terrorists, and that might be what you're getting at. So if this gets out, and we might be under some FBI watch list. So don't be, you know, don't be don't concerned if your phone is, is suddenly wiretapped. Okay, just like I'm tapping the call right now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, if you pull out your driveway tomorrow and you see a some type of minivan or some you know weird SUV following you, uh, um, just just remember, yeah, they're watching, but they're always watching. Yeah, yeah, Big Brother's I mean, watching you. But you, you know, know what? Funny? They may be watching, but we have a higher power watching over That's us. That's exactly right. And you know what else is funny? You know, you you hear all this about them watching, and you you see all this funny story. You know. <laughs> They can only do so much, you know. They have to hide it. But technically, I mean, American law—if they were ever to get busted for this, they get destroyed. That's the craziest thing about it all. So yeah. anyway, I'll let you guys. All right. Have a good all night. Enjoy your dinner. I'm gonna try. Talk to you later. <laughs> all right. Bye. bye. <laughs>